0: Of all the girls that are so smart There's none like pretty Sally She is the darling of my heart And she lives in our alley There's not a lady in the land That's not so sweet as Sally She is the darling of my heart And she lives in our alley
1: When we think of the music of Beethoven, usually that means one of his nine symphonies, or one of the many sonatas, or his string quartets perhaps, or even his opera Fidelio. Beethoven's music looms large. It takes up space. We associate his name with the big ideas, creating abstract works of sonic art that command attention and don't necessarily give their secrets away in one listening. So you might be surprised to know that for many years, right in the middle of his career, Beethoven devoted a good part of his time to arranging short folk songs from England, Scotland, Wales and Ireland to be sung in English, like this one.
0: She lives in our alley. When Christmas comes about again, oh, then I shall have money. I'll hoard it up and box it all and give it to my honey.
1: Sally in our alley an 18th-century English song that, for some reason, is included in Beethoven's 25 Scottish songs, Opus 108. An odd one out, alongside 24 other songs that really are Scottish. But we can't blame Beethoven for a slip like that. He barely understood English, let alone the other languages of these islands, and was relying on his publishers. Anyway, as well as those 25 folk song arrangements, he wrote many others up to 140 in all, maybe more, all composed between 1809 and 1820. There are eight English songs, 25 Welsh, 44 Scottish and, largest of all, 63 Irish songs. And there's a larger story here. Beethoven's work was just a contribution to a much bigger project, one that grew and grew, became more complex and, ultimately, never reached a conclusion. To pick up the thread, we have to go to Edinburgh in the closing years of the 18th century and meet Mr George Thompson, song collector, editor and publisher, and a keen amateur musician. George Thompson had a vision. Perhaps we could call him an early example of a crossover producer, because what he wanted to do was bring traditional folk tunes into middle-class urban society, shorn of any crude associations, and finished off with a congenial accompaniment fit for any drawing room. He commissioned many composers to help him achieve this. Here, for example, is what Joseph Haydn made of Old Lang Syne. Haydn made that version of Old Lang Syne after meeting George Thompson in Scotland during his tour there in 1792. Haydn went on to produce an incredible 400 folk song arrangements, about 100 for Thompson himself and the rest shared between two other publishers, William Napier and William White. Haydn, of course, was not a young man by this stage, and before long had to bow out, regretfully, as the money was good, and so George Thompson looked for other suitable candidates. He wanted these songs to be a prestige product, and only the best international composers would do, The situation in Paris was still uncertain after the French Revolution, and so he concentrated his efforts on contacting composers connected to Vienna, commissioning Haydn, Haydn's protégé Ignaz Pleiel, Leopold Kozuluch, and later on Johann Nepomuk Hummel and Karl Maria von Weber. We'll keep with Beethoven. As well as commissioning musical arrangements, Thompson was also commissioning new lyrics as well, as he put it in a letter to the poet Robert Burns, We are desirous to have the poetry improved wherever it seems unworthy of the music. Some charming melodies are united to mere nonsense and doggerel, while others are accommodated with rhymes so loose and indelicate as cannot be sung in decent company. Thompson dealt with poets and composers separately, leading to the unusual situation where the composers had no way of knowing what words would be set to the tunes they were working on. Now, it's easy to make light of all this and suggest poor Beethoven was just mechanically arranging all these old tunes for the money and not caring about any of it, but that's simply not true. There are moments when he achieved something very special. Take The Return to Ulster, for example. The lyrics, including the title, are by Sir Walter Scott, freshly commissioned by George Thompson, which Beethoven never saw the tune however is much older best known as the lament for terence macdonagh by the harpist turloch o'carolan let's listen to a version of o'carolan's original air and then go on to hear what beethoven made of it From the Return to Ulster, an unwitting collaboration between Carolyn, Ludwig van Beethoven, and Sir Walter Scott. Beethoven's accompaniment, as requested by George Thompson, is for piano trio, piano with violin and cello. There is new material here, with both instrumental introductions as well as ritornellos. that is, the music played between the verses, all of which Beethoven had derived from the tune itself. His accompaniments are ingenious, designed so that the violin and cello parts could be cut if they weren't available, it would still work with piano alone, and yet the string parts are independent enough to be interesting for the players if they are there. That's not an easy balance to strike. However, George Thompson was concerned by feedback he was getting from some players, that Beethoven's music was a little hard to play at times. Thompson was concerned that this might affect sales, and so asked Beethoven if he wouldn't mind going back over a few of the songs, and simplify the accompaniments. Beethoven was hurt by this, and you can hear it in the language that he used in reply. I am not accustomed to retouching my compositions. I have never done so, thoroughly convinced that any partial change alters the character of the composition. I am sorry that you are the loser, but you cannot blame me since it was up to you to make me better acquainted with the taste of your country and the little facility of your players. Ouch! That's rather harsh. But it shows how seriously Beethoven took these arrangements. Let's listen to another one of these, based on an old jig called Nora Kriene. Here's a version of the jig itself. no idea of the origins of that tune, but it had a new lease of life in the early 1800s. Both Thomas Moore and Beethoven reworked it in 1811 and 1812 respectively. Neither would have been aware of the other's work. Moore wrote his own lyrics for it, as with all his melodies, renaming it Lesbia hath a beaming eye, and you might know it by that name. With its dancing jaunts and leaps, this is quite an irregular melody, and when Beethoven came to work on this tune, he clearly found it an interesting challenge, relishing the tune's shifting qualities. He even wrote a note about it underneath the music, saying, That is how one must not be afraid for the expression of the strangest sounds of the melody, since one will surely find a natural harmony for it he found this tune a musical puzzle and was proud that he'd solved it let's hear what beethoven came up with as sung by the wonderful anne murray with a few of her friends
2: And wise, for vainly would I tax my spirit, be the thing that I despise, and rival all the stupid, bear it on my careless, laughing heart. Oh, dearest fancy, let me find thee, let me but from sorrow part, and leave this glooming world behind. Seek ye wiser
1: The song Save Me From the Grave and Wise, Beethoven's arrangement of the tune Nora Kriene, with words by William Smith commissioned by George Thompson. Did you notice something in the music there? I was talking before about the risonellos that Beethoven wrote into these song arrangements, the music between the verses, and there's something familiar about the risonello. You might think you've heard something like that little theme somewhere else. And that's quite possible, especially if you know the final movement of Beethoven's seventh symphony, which starts with this theme. We don't know the order in which Beethoven completed those two pieces, the folk song and the symphony, but we know he was working on both of them in 1812. There's no way to prove it. But isn't it nice to imagine that some of the ideas Beethoven came up with through working on that old Irish jig tune contributed to this most joyful and dancing of his symphonies. And it brings Thompson's idea full circle in a much bigger way than the Scotsman could have imagined, making a real exchange across space and time, a secret derived from an Irish tune living on in a Viennese symphony.
0: And never be quicker when war is a story, for love is a theme, and place where bull is fine. Thicker and thicker, you'll find him all tower this
2: scoring. And the bull should make.